You're listening to episode 198 of Outnumber the Podcast, and today we're talking about six ways to get your homeschool back on track if you guys have lost momentum, lost motivation, or just struggling. Those six ways include speed, the level, the amount of work, scheduling issues, a lack of interest, or needing more support or help as a parent. So join us as we dive in. Hello and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Outnumbered. Um, excuse the nasally Bonnie here. I'm coming off a cold. But um, I wanted to start this episode with a funny little story. Um, this happens every year. So we live in Phoenix, right? So in October, it's kind of like everybody else's spring. It's like, oh, we can come out of the house. We can save on our electrical bill because the heat comes down and the gorgeous weather hits us, right? So like today was a high of 6970. No, I'm sorry. Low of 6970, high of 80 nine or something. So it's just been beautiful. So we went to the park this morning. So this happens every time as soon as the weather dips just a little bit to where it's not actively hot, my kids will walk out and go, Ooh, I need a jacket. (laughs) I think it was 75 this morning. So gorgeous, you know, perfect weather. And we walk outside and Ooh, let's get the jackets out. I'm like, no, I refuse. I refuse. I will not put a jacket on you in 75 degree weather. It was gorgeous. So we are heading into our beautiful phase. You guys are cooling off there in the Midwest too, right, Audrey? Oh yeah. It's getting really, really nice, but I do have to wear a jacket for chores in the morning. It's, it's cool enough that I do getting a little chilly and I, and I love it. (laughs) I grew up in a much colder climate from where I live now. And I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't mind the cold when it comes. So what we're going to talk about this episode is how to get your I don't know. In okay, so in sewing we call this sojo. How to get your what mojo back when your, you've lost it? As your scojo. <laughs> it's called your scojo. <laughs> scojo. Scojo. School. Scojo. Okay, your sure. school mojo. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, this is the time of year when the shininess goes out of homeschooling uh, or school. If your kids have gone, they're just like, ah, you know, it's a long time to get any break. And um, sometimes we just need to reevaluate. Um, we have talked in past episodes about how excited we can get at the beginning and plan all the things. And then, you know, a couple of days in, a couple of months in, we're like, what on earth was I doing to myself? Yep. Yep. Totally. Time to reevaluate a little bit. And today we're going to talk about six ways that sometimes the education can go off the rails, right? Can go off track and we'll have a few solutions for you guys to fix it. And and these really do apply to either homework issues if you send your kids to school, but predominantly homeschool if that's um, something you're looking into or already do. All right. Yes. So these include speed. That can be too fast or too slow. Um, level, too hard or too easy. Amount of work, scheduling issues, lack of interest, and needing more support or help as the parent or educator. So those are the ones that we have um, narrowed it down to that are the biggest reasons why 
we're feeling like it's more than we want to do. That's right. That's right. And sometimes it just helps to identify one of these. So if you're feeling like your head is going to explode or you're just so tired of the grind, um, just identifying it can be a real help. Like, oh, you know what? It's actually that we've been working too fast. Like we can just slow things down a little bit. Or it's actually that, you know, our schedule is just too jam-packed. We need to pull one or two things out. That can be really helpful. So the first one we're going to talk about is speed. Um, Requiring your children to work either at a pace that is too fast or too slow can cause problems. Um, I tend to be a doer. And so in my mind, my kids are always going too slow, (laughs) but that's not necessarily the case. And it's important to really watch your kids to see if they are slacking off and they really can pick up the pace, learn a little bit more, or if they really need that time to learn a little bit slower. Yeah. I always have to remind myself, take a deep breath and remind myself, it's better to master the material than to move through the material quickly. Mm-hmm. But that being said, um, like I'm, I'm kind of a pusher too, like, you know, accomplishments. But that being said, kids are so highly distractible and they don't know they're distracted when they're distracted. Like my son this morning was organizing the books on the shelf by color. And I'm like, hmm you know what? That's really fun. That's That's really cool. (laughs) But also totally not necessary when you're supposed to be doing a math lesson. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Sometimes that's all I want to do too, is sit and organize books instead of doing school. So one solution for this, for me, is to just remove distractions, things that I know are going to distract them. So for example, one thing for me is I know that if the next, um, the next, subject we're going to go on to is art. And I start getting out the art supplies before they've finished their math lesson. Nobody's going to finish their math lesson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I have to like slow myself down enough to just wait until everybody's done with their math and then get out the art supplies. That's just one thing. There are so many things that can distract kids and you probably know what are the most distracting kids, distracting things for kids in your school area or your school routine. Oh yeah. For me, it's lunch every single day. I open the fridge and they're like, Oh, time to eat. I'm like, no, you're not done. You finish your work and I will come make some sandwiches, but no, it's all over once I open the fridge. So yeah. So if I am noticing that things are working a little bit on the slow side, um, sometimes we'll switch things up. I will change our goals a little bit, push kids a little bit harder, maybe say, you know, we're going to do two math lessons for a while. And often it's not a blanket change. It's like, you've been a little bit distracted lately. You have been, if I push you a little bit, you will make better use of your time because you know that you have more to get done. Right. Um, and then I will just wait and see, see if they can get that amount done without burning out. And then I may remove that later on, or if they're doing great, I just, I just let them do it, but it's just kind of a trial and error thing. Okay. The next um, area we're going to go on to is the level that your kids are at. Are they working where they should? Um, have they skipped a grade recently? Um, have they skipped a level recently? Do they have frequent meltdowns about things being too hard? Are they bored causing trouble rolling around on the floor because they're already done when everybody else isn't done? Like, like, are they at the right level? And, um, this is, this is one that you have control over and can figure out because if you're homeschooling, you control what level your kids are at. Yeah, right. This is one of the benefits to homeschooling because, Um, it requires quite a bit of one-on-one time with the child to figure out if they are struggling, if they're at the correct level, but it doesn't mean you can't help them out if they're in school. Um, very often you'll see the similar struggles with homework stuff and you have to just kind of figure out, is this just a time of the day? You know, they come home at three and they're just tired and don't want to do any more work. Is this that they're really being 
um, challenge beyond what they are ready for, right? Um, sometimes I just try working on something easier for a little while, see if the behaviors improve. Um, but then again, if we go too easy, there's some distractions there too. So that that fine balance. Yeah. One one thing I found that is if you've jumped them a level or they're on new material, or you know, even if it's the next level and they're not ready for it, sometimes it so we're talking about getting back on track and this this seems counterintuitive, but sometimes it just helps to take a break and come back to it in three try again in three months. This happens so often when you're teaching a kid to read. They can mm-hmm. make all the letter sounds, but they can't put the letter sounds together. That's okay. Just mm-hmm. let them play for a, a, a three months and come back to it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they can start to put the letter sounds together, but then you start adding the short vowel and the long, long vowel things and they get it all mixed up and okay, it's fine. Take a break. <laughs> Their brain is going to keep working on it and come up and click later. Or it's a developmental thing, you know, sometimes with math, they're just not, their brains can't do that math yet. And so, you know, they'll come back to it in three, six months next year, whatever, after the break and they'll be like, oh. Why couldn't I get this before? This is so easy. easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Without the three to six months of crying over it before Mm -hmm. their brain got to that point. Yeah. This is one thing I really do wish that um, outside of the home education allowed for, and that was just the developmental catch up, which sometimes the brain has to go through. Now, we do see this a little bit more often in homeschooling, I think, because kids can move faster than their peers. Very often in a classroom, you're kind of teaching to the slowest child because you got to get everybody moving. Um, But it happens everywhere that if you can just give them a little bit of a break, their brains can can puzzle it all together. They're doing amazing things in there that we don't know about, right? Number three, um, we're going to talk about workload. So the amount of schoolwork that they have been assigned. Now, again, you might not have a lot of control over this if your child is going to public, private, charter school, but sometimes you can talk to the teacher. I have a couple of friends who have recently talked to their teacher and said, I am not a fan of homework. Don't send it home with my child. It will not get done. And I thought, good for you <laughs> because they knew what their child needed. They knew what they were capable of and they just weren't willing to, to have that fight at home. Um, but I do see kind of this common rookie mistake for homeschoolers. And that is that they expect their children to work on task as long as their peers are gone to school. So like six or seven hours, which is obviously kind of laughable because none of us worked on track for six or seven hours in a, in a public school. They, they There's time for lunch and recess and lining up and all those things. So you will get things done much quicker in a homeschool setting. Um, but again, kind of, kind of a trial and error to see how long it takes them to do what you've given them and see if it's too much. Yeah. You know, um, I was taught, I've said this before on the podcast and some of our other school episodes, and I'll say it again, that as in my elementary ed training, they said, as a third grade teacher, you will get 15 minutes. I can't remember. 10 minutes, 15 minutes of direct instruction per day. Take good use of it because the rest of the time is transition and interruptions and one-on-one time with kids and blah, blah, blah. And speaking of one-on-one time with kids, you're going to get 15 seconds per day in this classroom of 30 second, of thirty students with each kid. So mm-hmm. take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, if I give my kids 10 minutes and 15 seconds of education per day, they're getting at least a public school education, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being a little sarcastic here. But even with my high schoolers, they can get most of their, they can get, if they apply themselves, um, they can get most of their schoolwork done, all their schoolwork done in three to four hours a day. Mm-hmm. When they're taking massive, hard levels, you know, a, a bunch of stuff, they can do it because there's not all those interruptions, not all those transitions, not all those bells ringing and that kind of thing. Well, I don't know. We so, got lots of interruptions at our house, but we figured it oh, out. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a child can take 
um, work and go somewhere and study it and not mm -hmm. not be interrupted by a bell and everybody getting up and leaving and you know because it's time to go to the right. next class. Mm -hmm. So we use a history curriculum that um, they have they said right you know you open it and it says this curriculum we do not expect you to do everything in this curriculum this is a buffet so pick and choose and that was really helpful to me to start thinking about that as far as homeschooling now you can't do that like with math because you can't move on in math until you have the information but some subjects okay history for example they will study that again in the future at a deeper level so if they don't get it this time going through even science some of the younger science concepts and even math will be reviewed again at the next level. Again, going back to what they taught us in teacher training, that the first three months of the year are spent reviewing everything they were supposed to learn last year. Three months of review at the beginning of the year. <laughs> and most math curriculums, you can see that, that they're reviewing. Um, in fact, I have one um, level of math that I have had all my kids just flat out skip because it's kind of mostly review and the things that aren't review, they're going to get reviewed very quickly at the beginning of the next level. So if you have to drop everything and focus on the bare minimum for that, for us, those days or those times looks like reading. They have to know how to read. And once they know how to read, they can pretty much learn anything, go anywhere. And then if they, if you do need them to knuckle down and focus and work, work really hard on something, be sure they know that there's a reward for that coming. So we reward hard work, diligent study, being non-distracted with some recess, some outdoor time. We have a whole episode on the benefits of outdoor time. And so just balance out the hard work times with the, the off times. Yeah, exactly. And kids will tell you what they want to be rewarded with. They're, they're good at that, right? So when it comes to homeschool curricula, most of them will come to you um, organized by grade level and, and the package will be about the amount that you can accomplish in one year, which is really helpful. You don't have to divide it up or decide how much can we do in, in my nine months or whatever. Um, but um, sometimes kids get through them faster and sometimes slower and, and to just be willing to allow that to happen, right? As long as they are trying their best and they're working the amount of time that you've required them to work. And again, I mean, we're not even talking about special needs, kids that have, that maybe need to get up and move around more often than others, or kids who um, really do have to have somebody sitting next to them the whole time to work. Um, there's a lot of allowances that need to be made, but having some bare basic requirements is really helpful. Like my kids have to work from nine to 12 every day. I mean, sometimes they'll spend a lot of a lot more of it on math and the history that day because they were really struggling with the concept. That's totally fine. They'll catch up on another day when math is light. So that's kind of how we make things work. Yeah. And one thing I try to keep in mind on um, just thinking about myself and, oh, we're not going to get through all this that I had planned that I thought was going to be so great is that they have their entire life to learn. We have an episode about lifelong learners. They don't have to learn it right now. There's nothing, there's no rules, there's no laws that say they can't come back and learn it later in life if they, if they want to. Yeah. Go right ahead. <laughs> I mean, I think about the, the education that I really solidly understood and kept with me for most of my life. It's probably a solid fourth grade education. You know, my, my reading and writing is like high school level, but let's be honest. Do I remember the vast majority of the history that I learned? No. Maybe I could have done better. <laughs> I'm a pretty, pretty well-functioning adult. It's all fine. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. My, I was just typing up something for my daughter's um, biology science. There was like a page missing or something. So I was typing it up. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is like tickling some things in the back of my brain. Like, I don't know. This sounds know, familiar. Flagellum or something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about number four, scheduling issues. Um, 
if you're not scheduling in school or schoolwork or homework time, it's not going to get done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You've got to schedule it in. Make it a priority and don't let other things get in the way. Like we have set it aside, just like you said, nine to noon every day, no matter what. And my kids know that if they're screwing around and not getting things done in that time, then they're going to have extra work after lunch, mm -hmm. after, you know, after nine to noon, um, if they don't get it all done. But we definitely have set aside that three-hour chunk every single day. They know that I will be sitting down with them doing school no matter what. And and if you don't have a chunk of time like that in your day, how do you expect the schoolwork to get done? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And same goes for homework. Your kid comes home. I mean, he probably doesn't want to do it right away, but there needs to be a schedule. Like, yeah, you get to go play out in the street for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever. And then you come back and, and get your work done so that it doesn't, you know, the evening doesn't get away from you. So for us, um, like Audrey saying, mornings have always been essential for us. Schedules have always been very important for me because I really require that kind of structure. But I've also noticed that I can overstructure and then my kids go a little bit crazy. So finding that middle ground is very essential. Again, I don't let, I don't make my kids do it first thing. They have chores and piano practice and other things they get done in the morning. Um, and then, like I said before, some kids need to take more breaks through that learning time than others. And sometimes they do have to have to keep working in the afternoon. Um, just as a, as a peek into how we do things, and I know we've talked about this on other episodes, but my grade school kids work on math and language arts every single day. And then we alternate days when we work on science, history, other electives. Um, and then sometimes those middle and high school kids have to start earlier and work a little bit later, depending on, on their workload. Yes. I would suggest something to make your job easier is get a scheduling program or an app. There are tons out there. The one that we use is called homeschool tracker. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, the really nice thing that I like about homeschool tracker is there's a lot of homeschool parents using homeschool tracker. So if, if I'm using a certain math curriculum, there's another homeschool parent out there that has scheduled that math curriculum already and figured out this many lessons and where they fit in the days and, you know, scheduled in the tests and the, the review and all that. And they they have uploaded it to a, a space and you can, you can share it on this program. So, or this app homeschool tracker. So I don't have to do all the work of the scheduling. Someone else has already figured it out mm -hmm. how to do that for the year. And um, I just download it and say, okay, we're doing this science and this is the schedule for it. And then I just print my kids a weekly schedule. I go through their schedule on Sunday afternooning is as my scheduling time. And I look through their work that they've got done the last year, the last week, make sure they've got it all done, see if they can move on to what's supposed to be next and so on. And um, kids love checking off boxes. They really do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they feel a sense of accomplishment and they have a little clipboard and they're like, yes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, this, mm -hmm. this. And mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. So that is something that has made my job and all of our jobs really, really easy. I also use it for scheduling um, who gets the computer at what time, because we have several programs that are on the computer. And if so-and-so takes two hours to do math and then the next one has missed their math time, then you mm -hmm. see that's a problem. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you can even do it with just a basic spreadsheet, um, but highly recommend having some way to organize not just what curriculum you're using, but how long it's going to take them, what they're doing each day so they don't get off track. Sometimes we forget to double check um, on a weekly basis, but we'll check in on a monthly and, and adjust as necessary. But obviously, the longer you wait between check-ins, the more work there is to catch up if somebody's been slacking. So, <laughs> Yeah. 
Yep. Or somebody's um, figured out that their sister did that program before them and they just went and looked at their sister's answers and then they took a test and then not like I've had any kids. That would never happen. No. Mm. Uh, I caught one of my kids, my 13 year old doing kindergarten math the other day. I said, is this counting as your math time? Oh no, this is just for fun. I'm like, you weirdo. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Okay. So number five is lack of interest. If you have not encountered this yet, you probably haven't been homeschooling or had kids in school for very long because it happens to all of us. It happens to me when I'm learning something, even that I'm really excited about, I get bored. I get tired of it. Um, I want to move on to something else, right? Sometimes I will say this though, if you solve some of the problems we've already talked about, the one through four in this episode, you will see kids' interest increase because they're not working on something that's too hard or too easy for them, right? If kids have no desire to learn, sometimes there's another reason at play, right? They're just really tired of being overworked or they just need another break. Um, But if not, then we've got a couple other solutions for you. Yes. Yes. Okay. So here's some of my thoughts on this. Try. So we always, we have done many of our um, episodes here about teaching from all, including the seven different learning styles. So maybe they're not interested because you're not speaking their learning language and they're like, yeah, I'm never going to get this anyway because they're just not getting it. Try a different learning style. Try a different location. Okay, everybody grab your books, throw them in your backpacks. Let's go. We're going to do, we're going to do school at the library today whoa, that puts their heads up, you know, they puts their heads spinning and they're like, they get all excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going (laughs) to try a different day of the week. So you always do art on Friday. Okay. We're doing it on Tuesday this week. Huh? We're doing art right now. Really? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Just a little tiny change and they're all interested again, just because it's different. Yes, exactly. Just mix things up. And that's hard for me who likes structure and schedule, but sometimes it's a little bit fun for me to just throw a, a wrench in things. Right. So I personally try to always incorporate a, some sort of subject that a kid is really passionate about. So especially if there's something they really dislike, like they're a math hater, then I always make sure that they get a chance to study some physics or something kind of interesting, a fun science experiment or something that really lights them up so that there's always something that they look forward to. Um, but if that hasn't happened or life has just gotten busy for a while, then we will take a little break, like Audrey mentioned before, and that break will just be like a fun learning week instead of just saying, oh, we're doing nothing. You get to just play with friends and watch TV. We get to explore something we've been curious about and haven't had the time to explore. That's really, really fun for kids. Um, and Yeah. You-, you you remember that our episode, our recent episode, Amy Roberts from Raising Arrows talked about taking it. She called it a jubilee year. Yeah. They took an entire year off. Why not? Yeah. Why not? They, they weren't not learning that year. They were just doing all the fun things. I love it. They probably thought that was the coolest thing ever. I know. I know so that best mom ever. Yeah. <laughs> and you could do the same thing with kids that are in school. Um, maybe not take them out of school to do this, but just add fun learning to their week. So they stop looking at learning as a chore and more of as something to broaden their horizons and make them excited about something new. Okay. And the last topic we're going to address today is that you just need more support. (laughs) We feel you. We've been there. We're also there. Um, Maybe, maybe you're just not understanding the material yourself. Maybe it's too fast or too slow for you. Maybe it's too hard or too easy. Maybe you have too much else on your plate. This happens to everybody, homeschoolers especially, because we're teaching all the subjects, right? Kids fight back or they lose interest or we lose interest or we get tired or busy. It can be hard. We've got so much else going on. Needing more support is a real thing. You do need some more support, but perhaps this is why you're off track with your school is because you need help and we agree. Yeah. Yeah. Not only do kids get to a point where they just can't stand 
being educated, you get to a point where you just can't stand being the educator. I, I we totally get that, right? Um, a few places to look for this extra support is obviously within your own family. If you have older teens or older kids that could step in, maybe there's a teenager at home who, before he goes to work, could sit down with the kid that's causing a lot of problems and help him through his math or, or explain it in a different way. That's always fun. Your spouse as well. A couple of times I've had to delegate things to my husband and he's not home during the day. He works from eight to six, but when he comes home, I say, you have to check on, you know, I always say math because it seems to be the struggle, but you need to check on so-and-so because he was, you know, struggling today. And I'd love for you to be the one to follow up with him. Um, other family, homeschool families or co-ops are super, super helpful. We've created co-ops with co-ops with other families where we can delegate some of that, uh, extracurricular or elective learning, um, neighbors. I love the idea of a homework co-op. How cool would that be if your kid went to school, <laughs> but came home and did homework with the neighbor, right? And then didn't have to get yelled at by mom. The, it was the neighbor mom. I think that'd be so fun. And then of course you can always go the hiring route. You can hire a tutor to help. That is totally allowed. You're still a homeschooler if a tutor comes to your house. You could hire a mother's helper to hold on to the baby and maybe make lunch while you are doing the homeschool. So a lot of different options there. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because that's two different areas where you could be needing help. Like we think about um, moms whose kids go to public school, they have hours during the day where they can address all the running of the home things. But we have to fit that in around our kids' schedules too. And, and so maybe get help for that part of it. And then you'll have more energy left over for the, you know, the, the teaching part of it, or maybe you're just not doing the teaching part of it and you go do, you know, more of the home management thing and hire somebody to do the helping. We knew, we know a family who the dad did all the homeschooling when he got home from work in the evenings. And so they had all their stuff that we do in the evenings. They did that during the day. And then in the evenings, that was their school time. Perfectly okay model. We know another family who did all their homeschooling through tutors and, um, that perfectly fine. That works too. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple of thoughts I have. Can you outsource a subject to somebody who's more passionate about it? What this is going to do is relieve your load a little bit to support you, but also you're going to see their passion and you're going to be like, hey, you know what? I could really get, be more passionate in these other areas that I have left too. Mm -hmm. um, and so it lights, you know, it lights a fire for learning in other areas too, not just the one that you see that they're passionate about as well. Um, here's here's a thought. What about helping all of you with energy level through better diet, better exercise, um, you know, that kind of thing so that you all have more energy <laughs> to work together on things. That's, that's something to really consider as well. Obviously, uh, Audrey and I are super passionate about education. We've taken it into our own hands for our own children, and um, we just are trying to help other moms be really intentional about their kids' education. That being said, it's not life or death. You guys, you can take breaks. You can slow down. You can drop a subject for a while. You can do anything you choose to do to make life a little bit easier on you and make it so that it's a positive learning experience. And if you can't do that for the kid that's in school, maybe you can figure out another solution for him when he gets home to make learning turn into something that is truly a joy and something that he, he gets excited about and looks forward to. Um, but I just sometimes think we put so much pressure on it. Like, oh, my kid's never going to get to college. Yes, he will. He'll be fine. He'll catch up. I, I know I've shared this on the podcast before, but my oldest, 
had a couple of years in the middle school age when he did not want to do anything. And I just refused to ruin the relationship by forcing him. So I just let him coast for a little while. He did some, he did bare minimum. And then we moved into a new area, into this new house. And he started talking to some of his peers in this area and realized just how far behind he was. And it lit the fire under him. And he was so nervous that he was going to be seen as the dumb kid because he didn't know what his peers were talking about. I, I doubt they're sitting around talking about what they were learning in science, but anyway, yeah, yeah. as a 13 year old, but he just jumped into gear and he has caught up and just been a delight to see him love to learn. So they'll get it. And and it's not up to us to force them to. It's just up to us, like you said, Audrey, to offer this amazing educational buffet. So if you're listening to this episode because you feel like your homeschool is off track or your kids are off track on their home homework, it's okay. <laughs> Take a deep breath. We'll, you'll get there. Um, maybe, maybe what they need is a break and and when you're in control of that, we can't, I can't really speak to how it works for having kids in public school, but when you're in charge of that as a homeschooler, sometimes a break, a vacation, like we get to pick those, right? And just, just put them in there. Maybe you all need a break and then come back to it. Maybe you need to find, um, what, what things can you say no to? Maybe you said yes to all the fun things at the beginning of the year. And just because you said yes, doesn't mean you have to continue. If they're overwhelming, if nobody's enjoying them anymore, just because you started doesn't mean you have to finish. Um, I know that's like hard for some of us to <laughs> say no after we've said yes, but um, like what's most important, I really appreciate that you mentioned you valued your relationship with your teenager more than him getting all the things. Um, and so like, yeah, if you, if you need a break, <laughs> take it. If you need to, you know, if you need to work a little harder to get your schoolwork back on track, go ahead and do that too. You can do that too. All right, guys, we hope this has been helpful for you. You got this. You can take care of this, this educational aspect of your kids' lives. And in the end, it's their responsibility anyway. You just get to offer it to them. So we hope you have a lovely week. Thanks for chatting with us. I'm Bonnie. I'm Audrey, and we're at number 